Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. So I want to talk to you today about the glory, but we've been seeing it, the testimonies. Um, incredible. Last night, Erica shared. Where's Erica? That was amazing last night. And uh, I love the testimonies. There were like six miracles, but uh, the one, while her husband, Brenton, we had a, is, is uh, Tim here this morning? Yes. Where's Tim? Tim, what an amazing testimony, Tim. That was awesome. He, he, uh, I love when wives tell you, get to church. That's, that's a good thing, right? We, and so his wife's get that church. So he checked us out. I guess he felt safe enough. Came in. If I got it right in the testimony the other day was, if I don't hear from you, I'm ending it. Is that the word? And so he brushes up against Brenton. <laughs> And Brenton's ministering that night till, I think, almost midnight, right? And so Erica goes home by herself, and uh, the two transmissions he didn't get to work on because he's ministering <laughs> are left in the dark on the ground. Have you ever been to Brenton's house? Man, it's, he's an amazing guy. Well, Erica falls over the transmissions in the dark, Smash does a face plant, and dislocates her elbow, is hurting, and uh, now she's trying to get in the house and... And she gets mad at her husband when he comes home from ministering because he quickly falls asleep because he's just plumb worn out. And she, you got to tell anyway, it's just a joy. Listen, to it. it's a great story. But instead of allowing the enemy to mess with him, she says, I'm going to the, I'm going to the tent and I'm going to get healed. And several of our people, fall, and that dislocated elbow popped back in place right here. And so then we had... I think we've lost count, but we have, I think, over 70 baptisms, baptisms that have happened so far. Um, if you're here this morning and you said, look, part of my new beginning, I want to go under the water. There are actually, I've preached on this before, there are three baptisms. You're baptized in Christ and salvation. You are baptized dead unto the old man when you're in the water, John's baptism. But then there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we teach on that in fire. So if you're here this morning and said, Forget that you weren't, I went in the other night, I got baptized, I was the last one after I think 50, I waited, everybody went home, and the Lord said, this is kind of wild, I, I said, Lord, um, that water's looking kind of really scuzzy there, God, isn't it? <laughs> in fact, I pumped it out the next day, I said, it is, <laughs> I said, but I've, I, I was reading that scripture about where he says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And I just started weeping because I haven't always been a good friend of God. I've always, you know, the truth is, I think all of us could say this times we've chosen ourselves over. And so I said, Lord, I really want to be your friend. I want to be a good friend. And so I went to Jesse Green, who was here that night, and, and she and I were baptized, and I, I don't know how many. And I said, Jesse, I need you to baptize me. I want to become a good friend of God. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I, I did a blog on that this morning, that whole verse, that whole scripture. I said, okay, we'll do, let's. And I have felt so different since that experience. Um, there's something about the surrender. I don't care how far along you think you've been. There's, there are depths in Christ. In fact, Ephesians says, the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unfathom, there's a depth in God. He says, you're going to take, even Paul writes this in Ephesians 3, he says, when I think of the plan, I fall to my knees. Let the roots of your love go down into his marvelous soil, although you'll never get to the end of it. Never. So it's like, don't miss the opportunity 
I've been asking the Lord, so how long, Lord? What do you what, what do you want, what do you want to do? And when people drive by and, and they, they come in, yesterday we were doing it. We, one of our Spanish couples got married. It was an awesome day. So we're in the Spanish church, and I get this call. There's two ladies that met somebody. I think they ran into Brother Doug and said, I'm, I'm tormented. He said, well, go to the tent. So in the middle of the marriage, get Pastor Tom, Tom, come over. We've got two ladies right here, and they're, they're talking about demons. And, and so we came over. It was in a worship, wonderful message time. And, and I'm just praying for those that are out there that are broken and tormented. Jesus is the answer. We, we, the people of God, we have the answer within us. And it was just a marvelous time to pray with them, to affirm Christ, and to invite them back. And so those miracles that are happening, God, we just want to be a, an open door for, the, for those to come. And we know there's many wonderful churches. I pray for all the churches, the choir lofts, the pastors, the small group leaders, the, the parachurch organizations, all of them. I just pray blessing on each one in the city, Lord, that this place would be known. I've said it many times. I don't want us to be known for hurricanes. I want us to be known that Jesus is in that region. You need to go there. Jesus, and some of you have moved here knowing that. You said you picked up from even West Coast, other... I got to be here. I'm moving to Wilmington. I don't know why. I said, I know why. Anyway. All right. Praise God. That was, that was separate. So you got your hand out? Praise the Lord. I want to ask you a couple of questions. When we talk about this phrase in Isaiah 40, in fact, is uh, Maria here this morning? Maria? Rich and Maria? Maria came to me with a slip of paper. I got it in my Bible here. It said, and it's Isaiah 40. And then she also had another scripture. And I've been meditating on Isaiah 40 this week. And I just felt like we've got to talk about this, about the glory. The verse in Isaiah there, top title of your handout, Isaiah 40, verse 5. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. It will be. Now, it is being. It has been. But it will be. And so when you meditate on that, you chew on that word more. First of all, when we talk about the glory, what's your definition of glory? Anybody got a definition of glory? The weight of the Lord. In fact, the Old Testament, 148 verses in the Old Testament talks about the weightiness or the heaviness of God. It's a little different context even in the New Testament. What else? Splendor. Good. That's good. What else? Manifest presence. You guys are getting it. These are actual definitions. The light of the Lord. In fact, we're going to look at several I am verses where he talks about this in the book of John. So understanding the glory, the, the, the magnificence of, say that again. Shekinah glory falls. Yes, that's the, the revelation of the presence of God. In fact, it showed up in the tent. We saw that in the tent of meeting and read that about Moses, right? The cloud or the fire, the pillar of fire. That was the Shekinah glory, the weightiness of God. And if you've ever been in a place where you just knew, whoa. It's happened several times. It's like, whoa. So the definition, the magnificence of great beauty, high renown or honor for notable achievements. Think about it. Romans 1 says you're, you have no excuse for not knowing God. If you look at a sunset, just look at a baby. When my four children were born and I was like, good Lord, have mercy. What? And Pastor Tony, uh, Pastor Tony, how about that? Dr. Tony, whoa, praise God. When Tony, he's the cardiologist, when I was preaching on the, the, uh, the, the, the presence that the glory of God that's in the earth, but it's shown up as this 
presence that's in the, when you think about the, the excuses that we try to make up, well, when you look at the human body, the thousands of miles of blood flow, the number of times your heart beats, the cardiologist will tell you, we don't know where the signal comes from the heart. Well, when it stops, why? Where's that? We know where it comes from. He's the giver of life, right? You're bookended. You're going to live this length of time. The Lord knows it. And so that magnificence, the splendor of the blessed of the heavenly things. When Paul goes in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I went into the third heaven and I saw things I can't even explain humanly. But I also wouldn't be allowed to tell you what I saw. Those are the splendor of the heavenly realms. Then it's the praise and worship. So when you put it together, that verse in Isaiah 40, the glory, the magnificent great beauty of high renown and honor for his notable achievements, the splendor and the bliss of the heavenly things that he deserves praise, worship, and thanksgiving will be revealed. They will be revealed. We also know that scripture one day, every, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to... That means every demon, every lost person, you're going to be on your knees whether you like it or not. There will be a weight on you. Now, just before the judgment, and then those who are the kids are like, yay, God, praise you. You're going to be praising him from that perspective. And so when we look at this glory of God, take a look at your handout. I want us to look. Let's open it. Fact, let's read in Isaiah 40. Let's go there. It's just before the context of this. Um, the prophet Isaiah, what an incredible, he's the one who prophesied a, a virgin would have a child. He then prophesied just before in, in chapter 39 of Isaiah, just before they're actually taken into Babylonian captivity for 70 years, that Jeremiah, Daniel is going to go there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is happening before that occurs, and he prophesies both in Isaiah 40, that's going to happen to you in, in 39. But I want you to know that God is in charge, and you will see the glory of God. He then prophesies throughout the entire book. The last chapter in Isaiah 66 is about Revelation 21. He talks about the new heaven and the new earth coming down. So this prophet has nailed up not only the Messiah being born to a virgin all throughout, and now this. And he tells us, comfort my people because you're going to go through some rough stuff. But here's what he says. Let's pick up in verse 3, Isaiah 40, verse 3. Listen, that's a good start right there. Listen. The voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wastelands. Some of your translation says deserts for our God. Who's it for? For our God. Fill in the valleys. Level the mountains and the hills. Straighten the curves. Smooth out the roughed places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and the people will see it together. The people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. I asked, well, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. The beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers. The flowers fade Beneath the breath of the Lord. Many of your translations says the spirit of the Lord. Spirit and breath are one. And the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the God, of our God, stands 
forever. Translations say, Behold, the, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. Oh, Zion's messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintop. Shout louder. Oh, Jerusalem, shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. Amen. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He's bringing a reward. That ought to shout. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead them as the mother sheep with her young. Who else? Who else is able to hold the oceans in his hand? Who has measured the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Well, what do you guys shout about? Let's have, when you shout about something, right? Yeah. It's to get your attention. Hey, you! Let's get their attention, right? What else? It's an important notice. Oh, watch out, watch out! How about when you're excited? I was thinking about, where's, uh, where's my friend Mike Henderson, Coach Mike? It's like when Mike shouts hallelujah when the Panthers score on the 49ers. I know that's wrong, right? I'm, I'm, hallelujah. Wow. Praise God. That's a shout, right? <laughs> or when you're angry or when you're happy. God, it's like there are things, there are re or, you know, when you're trying to tell someone, no, that's not the way it is. Or you, so shouting is for an, 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 elevate, an elevating of the message that's being made. When he says, if you look at your handout, listen, it's a voice of someone shouting, clear the way. Clear the way. Make, I don't know what's in your life. I don't know what desert, wilderness stuff, what rocks and curves. You ever tried to go down? Man, we've been, we, we drove down roads both in India and Mozambique. They had elephant holes that they called roads. I mean, it's like, you know, oh, my goodness. There's this place where you like a nice, smooth, when we get a pothole, we get all annoyed, right? Man, I've been in places there, there are no roads. But he's saying, look, if you can level it, Fill in the, the places that are rocky. Get all the stones out. The, the metaphor there is what's in your life that's messing up your journey? Come on. You know what they are. You ask the Holy Spirit. James 1, 5 says, 1, 5 and 6 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Just don't be double-minded about it. Don't be a friend of the world. You can't be a friend of the world. He wants you to be a friend of the bridegroom. And so he says, make straight these highways, these desert. Get, straighten this thing out. Straighten out. You need to straighten out our lives. Yes, Lord, we need, you. we need you to do that. The Lord has spoken. So if you look at the, I've listed one through seven in the verses there. From verse six of that down to 13, what's the first shout? Time is short. You realize, look around here. Within, guys, all the kids are gone. Probably within 60 or 70 years, none of us will be here. If he tarries, none of us will be here. That's how short. You know, we're so focused on our little journey here that we make such a big, and I get it. But there's something eternal. And he says, would you please tell the people, shout to the people, life is short. Amen. Life is short. And the choices we make have consequences. But I love this. The word of God stands forever. That's awesome. This word is living. It's active. I love Hebrews 5.14. 
says the word of God, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, 12 says the word of God is active. It's alive, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to cut between soul and spirit and the, it is an intender. It takes a look at the, at the flesh realm. That's why this word, if you're not in this word, please, please get in it. I was sharing with the woman yesterday. We gave her a Bible, and it said, start in the gospel of John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and he, he, he created all things. Start there. Read through that. Then go to 1 John. It's all about love. And John, he writes that. John the Revelator writes that, and he's in his 90s. He's come out of prison in Revel, and we know from the Isle of Patmos, he's there, and he writes 1 John. It's such an incredible five chapters, 2 John, 3 John. Read, just read John. You'll get, you'll really get amazed at what God is trying to tell us. So the word of God stands forever. Shout even louder. Verse 3, number 3 there, in the verse 9, shout even louder. God is coming. God is coming. He's coming. Your Lord is coming. Make straight the highway. Get ready. Get ready. When you look at the, if, man, you almost have to be really disconnected not to look at what's going on in the earth right now. When you look at the plagues and all the increase of earthquakes, just Matthew 24. We've shared this a lot. I'm not going to go there. Matthew 24. Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus' red letter says, these are the signs of what's happening. Go count off. Go down the list. I made a list. There's 16 signs in there. They're all there. It's like he could show up at any moment. And so, Lord, so he's shouting, tell my people I'm coming. Don't be brain dead. He says, watch out when you see these over and over again. How many times he says that? Matthew 24, Matthew 25. Tell my people, watch out. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Be ready when you see these signs. Get ready. Come on. It, 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 there's this, so he's shouting louder. Just tell them. Remember, Isaiah is prophesying what is going to take place. Hasn't taken place yet. And then he goes on and says, he's coming with power. He's not just coming. Number four, verse 10. He's coming with power. What does that look like? <laughs> he's bringing reward. I like that. I like the power, and he's bringing a reward. What's the reward look like? Well, salvation is certainly, but all the promises of heaven and protection. We read last, I think it was last week, I've lost track, Revelation 3, right? He tells the church at Philadelphia, I'm going to keep you from what's coming on the whole earth. Because you have persevered, because you have been in there, because you have been expecting me, I will keep you. There's nothing like being in the ark of Jesus. Be in the ark of Jesus. If you're not in the ark of Jesus, God help you, honestly. God help us. So he's shouting. He says, bring it. I'm coming with a reward. Then he says, after all, I've got my, I'm going to be like the shepherd. I've carried my lambs. I'm helping the mothers with their babies. And then he goes on, he says, who's like the, the rest of that chapter of Isaiah 40 is all about how magnificent God is. Yeah. It's, it goes on, just lists over and over again. And then he finishes that chapter in verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew your strength. Boy, do we need that. Amen. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. They'll run and not be weary. Amen. They'll walk and they'll not faint. There's a, you can plug into the Lord and just, I remember there's times even during this week, it's like, 
okay, we got to find some sleep this week somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember being on the mission fields where you, you really, you, I remember in the bush in Mozambique, and it's just like, or in Brazil, and you've been running, you've flown 30-something hours, get out of the bus, <laughs> drop your luggage, and go to the church and start ministering. And some of the most amazing miracles happen in that place of total sacrifice. You've heard me tell this story, but I just love it. Um, Terry Ricky and Jan Ricky's son, Todd, on his first mission trip, we flew into the, we flew south to Brazil, and then we went to the Amazon region, and we were in Manaus, along the Amazon region. And we're in this church, and it had been many, many miracles there. Uh, this is the one where I told you the deaf mute started, there was no walls on the church, and the rain misted in, and 10 deaf mutes started hearing and speaking. It was just wonderful. Tumors fell out on the floor. My wife had to guard the floor. Don't step in this. Tumors fell out of a person's body, blind eyes. I mean, it was just, God, you can't unsee that. You just can't unsee it. It's like, God, you're so miraculously. Oh, God, I want more. Amen. And so we're, we're in that place. So Todd heard about it. He said, I'm, go I'm going. So we do his prayer ministry. We, get we fly in. We're like, we hadn't slept in, I don't know how many, 38, 39 hours. And Todd said, okay. So they, Randy Clark had the ministry team get up on the stage. And he said, all those who are sick or dying, there's no health care system there. So if God doesn't show up, many of them will die. Right? And they come, but they're hungry. They are extremely hungry. They're desperate. And they, I remember they, they took this guy. Here's Todd. He goes, I just want a headache case, right, Lord? I just want to lay for the... Uh, uh. What happens? And Randy's got this in his book because I was there. I'm an, eye test, I'm an eyewitness testimony of this. Four guys. It's like the guys who took the roof apart and they lowered him down before Jesus because there was no room in the inn or no room in the... So these guys carry this guy in in a wheelchair and they place him right in front of Todd on the stage. And he goes, goes, oh, great. This is, wow. Why didn't he go to over there to that pastor? Right? And, he, and so turns out he was a drug dealer. And a year before he got shot, and a bullet was still lodged in his spine. He's a paraplegic. And Todd said, this is God. Todd said, oh, Lord. He's trying to be, you know, and he starts praying. And he said he started to fall asleep with his eyes closed. And he goes, I was just so exhausted. He said, I'll just pray one more time, and, and, and then I'll just bless him. He got into the second part of the prayer, and the guy jumped out of the wheelchair. And he got up the next day, and he took the microphone. He goes, I don't know if I still have the bullet or not, but look. And his guys, the, guy, the faith of the men who carried him in there. And it was, Todd will tell you, I felt like I was the least likely. You just show up and let God do it. It's, it's really not about your power, right? It's about his presence. Right. And so those kind of things, you cannot unsee what God's he, he shows up with his reward for the hungry ones, the 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 ones that have made a sacrifice. I want you, God. I want to see the miracle. I want to be an avenue by which you can save people, bring them in. You know, for the that guy went back. And who did he tell? Come on. How many people came in the kingdom as a result of the sign and wonder that validated the message was true? That's what we're at. God, it's we just. We just love being in his presence. So it says, he comes, he says, the Lord has no equal. And so he carries us. But I want you to see, time is running out. See the bottom there, one, two, and three? It also says in Matthew 3, 7, I want you to see what this is actually, turn with me now to Matthew chapter 3. This is covered in three of the Gospels. In Matthew 3, 1 through 12, 
Mark 1, 2, and Luke 3, 4, this is the prophecy of John the Baptist that he quotes. So you, let's turn there. Let's look at this. In Matthew 3, in, um, so, yeah, Matthew chapter 3, and let's begin. Yeah, let's look, begin in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came to the, from the Judean wilderness, and he began preaching his message. Repent, verse 2. Repent for your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah, we just read it, was speaking about John. Here he is. How many years? 600 years before he identifies John, who then is born to Zacharias, right, and Elizabeth in their years, their late years. And so they don't mess it up. Remember, Zacharias told to be quiet. His mouth is shut. Don't mess this up, John. There's a prophecy that must to meet to be fulfilled. Some of you have prophecies in your life that will be fulfilled. And so he, he's prophesying this. He goes, he is, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's close. He's a wild guy. He's, he's, you talk about a charismatic hippie, right? This guy has got, he, he likes locust and wild honey. And he wears clothes that, Wow. So they were coming, verse 7, when many he saw coming, many Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, these are the religious guys, right? They came to watch him baptize. He denounces them. This is not a great introduction to newcomers to your church. You brood of snakes, he exclaims. <laughs> Who warned you to flee from God's coming wrath? Look at this verse. This is big. You might want a red line under it. I've got it underlined. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. It's not lip service. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. I tell you, God creates children of Abraham from the very stones. Even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown in the fire. I baptize with water those who repent for their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. He's so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave or to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat and the, with a winnowing fork. He will clean up the threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn, and he'll burn the chaff with never-ending fire. Amen. Man, you want to be in the ark of Jesus. If that, every one of these prophecies, over 400 of them have been fulfilled. You don't think that they're going to be fulfilled? I'm more, that's the whole part of what we've been talking about, the last three feasts that are going to be fulfilled are Jesus' second coming. So time is running out. The wrath of God, he speaks about that in verse 7. Who told you? How to escape from the wrath of God, you vipers, snakes. Wow. Wonder why they had come. We know that several of them, we know Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, right? John 3. It was probably not good for his reputation to be seen with Jesus during the day. So he came in that whole interchange of unless you're born again, unless you're born of the Spirit, Nicodemus, you can't even see the kingdom. So there were those that came and there were those that repented. We know Jairus, I'm sure after he raises... Jairus' daughter from the dead, right? In Mark chapter 5, 
Jairus was a senior leader in the synagogue. You know, after your child is raised from the dead, that you are now <laughs> a believer in Jesus. I don't know how you could not, not be, right? So that's why the signs and wonders, they validate, they draw. And so he then says, repent and prove it by the way you live. Verse 8 of Matthew. Be baptized and filled. And we preach this and... If you're not sure about that and you want to be baptized in the water today and pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry. About One of our ladies was home the other night. She was watching online, and she came in. She all makeup. All, it's like, I don't care. I'm going in. And it was praise the Lord. And it was like, I love when makeup's running and tears are. You can measure it. It's just like, yay. Yay, God. So let's. When you think about what's going on right now, you're not hearing much about this. You're just hearing about all the COVID and this and that. It's like, do you realize what's going on right now in the earth? The agenda within the agendas that are going on? We are, we are in, I believe, the Ezekiel 38 alignment, and the war in Israel is close. My rabbi friends that t talk to me, text me, they say the Isaiah 17 war, the destruction of Damascus is right on the curve. Look at what's going on right now. First of all, this week... Israel took, well, we don't know who did it. The, the Iranians are blaming Israel. They blew up a missile factory in Iran. A couple of months ago, the, they, there was the assassination of their head nuclear scientist who's working on nuclear weapons. Now, no one knows who did all that. Look at what's happened. Israel is surrounded by the following, except for Jordan. King Abdullah is the only one right now but when you look at the rest of Israel, woe unto you when Israel is surrounded by the armies. The Houthis, the rebel Houthis in Lebanon are there. Hamas is in Gaza in the south, firing rockets constantly into Israel. Hezbollah is in Lebanon with thousands of Iranian targeted missiles on Israel. Russia, Iran, and Syria are in Syria right now with missile batteries. Israel's been taking out missile batteries in Syria. Erdogan, the Turkish leader, full Muslim, supposed to be a NATO member, he is also with a large, large army, army in Turkey. The Shiite militias are now infiltrated. Since we've left Iraq, they have now infiltrated all of the northern regions. The Shiite militia are there. Israel is nearly surrounded. This war that is going to happen is going to be, and Israel has told us, we will not, we've been in the Knesset. We've talked to the Knesset members, the congressmen. We will not go quietly in here. There is not going to be another Holocaust where we go silently. And so that's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We, never want to, we don't want this to be kicked. We don't want this. But if you can read Bible prophecy, go this week. Just read Ezekiel 38, 37, 38, and 39. In the distant future, Ezekiel writes this 2,600 years ago. In the distant future... There will be a group of nations, which I just listed, will come against my people in Israel. When they are restored in their land, and they're under one leadership, I will come. I will draw them. I'll put a hook in their mouth. They will come from the northern regions. Draw a line from Jerusalem up, and you'll find Moscow. They will come. The, the hordes will come against Israel. Why? Look at the wealth that they have discovered in the sea, the, the gas and the, 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 what is needed right now for economies. That's not to bring fear. That's to bring revelation. Are you ready? Why would God tell you that 2,600 years ago from a prophet? Why would he make us so he says, my people, my people will know what's going on. 
the, sin, the sons of Zadok will know not only the season, but they'll know what to do in the season. Amen. What do you do in the season? Get in the ark of Jesus. Amen. Come on, get close. Stop all the gamesmanship. Stop all the pursuing of other things that make no eternal value to you. Amen. Tell your family members, wake up. Oh, I don't want to offend them. Okay, what happens when they're standing before judgment? Why didn't you tell me? Come on, we got to love them. I'm not, we're not being critical. We, I know the truth. I want you to be in the truth. I love you. God loves you. Amen. Amen. God is a God of great mercy and grace, but he's also a God of judgment. And the glory is being revealed. Well, I want to land this thing, and I want us to go into communion this morning. I, I so appreciate when we surrender our lives and we come into that place of, God, I just want more. I know me left to my own devices, it's not pretty. But when we surrender, wow. So I want us to turn. Would you turn with me for a moment? If you look at your bulletin, it's, I, I love this. It says, I am the bread of life. That John 6, 35. You might want to turn. Let's just turn to John 6. There are um, six I am statements in the book of John. Listen to this. This is, is so revealing. Four times in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. So just meditate for a minute. Close, just close your eyes maybe for a minute. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Four times. Then in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. John 10, 7 and 9. I am the door of the sheep. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6. I am the the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, 1 and 5, I am the true vine. That I am statement. Remember when Moses saw the burning bush, Exodus 3, and he turned, as soon as he turned to look at this, realizing it wasn't being consumed by fire, he encountered God. And then the exchange happened. He said, I want you to go and free my people. Well, God, you know, um, they want to kill me there because I'm wanted for murder there. What will I tell them? Tell them, I am has sent you. Amen. Some of you trans, I am that I am. You know, if I were to introduce myself, I say, hi, my, I'm Tom. God introduces himself, I am. I'm everything. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm the rewarder, I'm the shepherd, I'm the light, I'm the bread that you need, because you can't live by bread alone. You have to have every word of God. Amen. You've got to have the word of God, the I am. Do you know the I am? I encourage you, get alone tonight. Just get really, really quiet. Turn off all the distractions. God, I just want to know the I am. 
God, can you talk to me? If you get past your insecurity and all that stuff, because now you've reset in the blood, there's nothing that hinders you. The blood of Jesus opens the doorway. There's no veil. The veil's been pulled back. And he wants to talk to you. I am. In fact, that word is Yahweh. He is Yahweh. God Almighty. So Lord, as we come to the meal that heals us, that Jesus said, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember me. I want you to remember what I did. I liked what Alicia shared this morning about the Savior and the presence, surrendering. You paid it all. You paid it all. There is not, this is the lie I get many times when I'm doing deliverance or inner healing. Pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't, he can't forgive me. I said, so what you're telling me is that everybody else, the blood of Jesus was enough for everybody else but not you. You're not that, you're not that special. Not in the evil. You are special. But you're not that wicked. That there, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that blood is so royal and so powerful. And so as we take communion today, I'm going to invite our ministry team, if you'll start handing out all of the elements here. You kind of peel back the first one. Let's take it together today, okay? So it can, you can kind of hold the, the host in your hand, the bread. And you can peel back the grape juice. There's so much power in the surrender and the remembrance. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 that we should evaluate or analyze ourselves. Make judgments of yourself. If you'll judge yourself, then he doesn't have to judge you. What you're doing is coming into agreement with the Holy Spirit. And I love what John writes in 1 John 1, 9. If you will confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you from all sin. And then we become the righteousness of Christ. I mean, that is an incredible deal, incredible offer of a reset, a do-over, a re a redoing of where I want to go. Because he knew we, we couldn't do this on our own. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit as his gift. So do some judgment of yourself right now. Lord, I know these thoughts, these words, these actions, these bitterness, this unforgiveness. 
Everyone has a host. Got it? The breadlets. Take that in your hand and let's want us to communion together. Jesus said on that night, can you imagine him washing the feet of the betrayer, Judas? And he knew it. He, he told them that that was going to happen. He said, go and do what you're going to do quickly. And yet he gave communion and ate with him and washed his feet. What a God. Even those who have betrayed him have an opportunity for a reset. It's unfortunate Judas went out and became God to himself and hung himself. So on that night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, I want you to take this. I want you to eat of it. I want, it, I want this to become, John 17 says we've been, we become one with him. So as we let this bread become part of who we are in the physical realm, we digest it, it becomes part of us. We want it to be the spiritual food. I am the bread of life. So now take this bread and he said, take and eat this and do this and remember me. And then after the supper, he took a cup and he said, I'm, this is a cup of a new covenant. In fact, the book of Hebrews says the old covenant has now become obsolete and a more excellent, a better covenant in the blood of Jesus. And he took the cup and he said, take and drink this. This is my blood that is shed for you. And it seals this covenant. It marks you. It marks you. This spiritual DNA that becomes part. These, these are mine. In fact, on that day when the eastern sky splits open, he tells the angels, go get my kids. They know exactly who you are. So, Lord, now we take this cup of oneness with you, that we might be one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Christ ones, the Holy Spirit men and women of God that honor you and thank you for the gift that you gave us. We drink this now in remembrance of you. So I want to invite the ministry team, if you'll come up. If there's anything that you need prayer for, you need prayer for healing, physically, spiritually, emotionally. You want to be baptized, water baptized. You can, tonight we're just, tonight I'm sensing we're going to do a lot of ministry. We're just going to be in the ministry of flowing in the Lord. So come back tonight, bring something on your heart. We'll be here at 6 o'clock. Don't forget that at 2.15, if you would please meet in the Mormon parking lot, College Road across from UNCW, just down from the Greek church. At 2.15, we'll be praying for an hour for God to transform our nation and spare us. So let's stand. And it's so good to be in the house of God. Amen? To be among God's people and to be hungry for his word. So, Lord, I ask now that you would make your face to shine upon your people. Give them peace, Lord. Let, 
Let their lives, this week they carry an anointing. They carry wherever they go. Make them so aware. Make them so aware of your presence. I think Alicia said at this point, be aware of his presence constantly. This, that you carry an anointing. You carry a, an ability to shift atmospheres. Ask for divine appointments. I've had incredible divine appointments this week. God wants you to be a representation and advocate of his glory. So, Lord, I ask that you'd reveal more and more of your glory. Open up the windows of heaven. As Richard started this service with all the eyeglasses, God, let our lenses be so focused. 2020, to be able to see what you're doing in the spirit. Gifts of discernment, wisdom, and knowledge. And faith, God. God, we honor you. We thank you for the privilege of being yours. We're so grateful. So now, Lord, send your people out there to this mission field of those that need to know you. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, worship team.